Would you turn please this morning to a couple of places, the 34th Psalm, Psalm 34, and then also John 14, Psalm 34, and John 14. Well, if you wasn't here Friday night, you missed out, I'm telling you. Now, if you're part of this church family, you've got to understand, you're not really getting everything you're supposed to be getting if you don't come to the services, right? <laughs> and uh, the reason I say that is because uh, it's not just, you know, people think, well, yeah, preachers, they want you to come because they want to have high attendance and they want you to give. Well, I'm not saying that because of that at all. Uh, you, you see people that when things are going good, they don't read their Bible, they don't pray, they don't go to church, and then something happens. And then they want to come in and they want to get help and they want the pastors or whoever, their brothers and sisters, to talk with them and counsel with them and pray with them. And what they're after is they want to get in a couple of hour session what they should have been getting in multiple services and Bible reading and praying for the last six months. And you just can't do it. Now the Lord's merciful. He'll help you. But see, uh, uh, the, how many understand the Lord is not behind the enemy? Is he? No. He's always what? Ahead. And if you'll follow him, you're always where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing. If you'll obey every day, you'll be ready always. All the time. You'll be ready. Anything that comes up, you'll think, well, that's why he preached on that last week. Well, that's why the Lord dealt with me about that in my Bible reading a month ago. Well, that's why. Right? And you will not be caught off guard because we are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. But that's only going to be so if you obey. Now, if you decide you, you know, you want to fish instead of come to church, and it might not seem like that big of a deal. But you keep doing it and keep doing it so you don't know what you missed. You don't know the supply you didn't get. You don't know, and it comes up and it catches you. And you're not prepared and you're not ready. When if you'd obey God, uh, you could fish on Tuesday and Wednesday if you wanted to. He could make you so blessed that you could fish every other day except Sunday. And... You understand what I'm saying? I mean, see, people don't realize that. They think, well, I have to because I'm a working man and I got to go to work. And I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. No, listen, there's another way of living. God can bless you so much until you can be calling the shots in some of these areas. But you won't do it by not obeying God and by putting his stuff last and putting your stuff first. It won't work like that. And another thing, I, I just, uh, after the service, you know, we've had uh, on Friday nights and Sundays too, but we, we've had some services that were more powerful than some in previous times. And what's happening is the Lord is, is being able to turn up some things for us. And it's not just all... Uh, because of me, and and it's not just all because of the Lord. Uh, you are a big factor in this, and you're growing. Yes. I said you're growing, you, and what's happening is your expectation level is growing. Yes. Your ability to hear is increasing, Amen. and the Lord will give us all we can take. Yes. 
A lot of times people think, well, why don't we have this yet? Well, so many times people are just not ready for it. They, they wouldn't know what to do with it or they wouldn't be faithful with it. They're not ready. I assure you, as soon as we're ready, he pours it on. Amen. Amen. We're not waiting on him. Amen. And I, I was rejoicing in my spirit these last few weeks because you're coming up. Oh, yeah. I said, you're coming up. I can feel it in my spirit. Your, your faith level. And when we start a service, from the time the first note is struck on an instrument, or if we're praying, or if somebody's preaching or teaching, you affect the whole thing by your level of faith and by your ability to hear and your willingness to receive. And friend, God's going to give us bigger and bigger and stronger and deeper. Hallelujah. Are you ready for that? Or are you believing for that? Well, we began last week on a new series, and our text, our master text, is in Psalm 34. Let's pray before we read this. Release our faith. How many expecting to be bored the rest of the service? Huh? Good. How many know you get what you expect? I mean, you know. Ho-hum, we'll make it through, it'll be okay, you know. So, so, no. No, you can get things I didn't even say. You're not limited to what I know. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. Everything you've done for us, how good you are to us, how gracious, how wonderful. We're so thankful. We don't take it for granted. And Lord, our eyes are on you. Give everybody ears to hear and heart open to receive. Let there come a supply of the Spirit. Let there come revelation of truth that makes free. Impartations and deposits of grace and your goodness. That we may come up to another level, a higher place. Help us to yield to you that our capacity to receive from you may be increased. Our ability to hear may be increased. That you can pour on us. All it pleases you, in Jesus' name. And we purpose not to be hearers only, but by your grace, we'll be doers. Amen. Everybody said out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. That means you don't view church services as entertainment. Right? You're not here to be entertained. And you don't listen to tapes and you don't read, you know, good books and you don't listen to teaching and preaching that's of God in the word just to be entertained and go, hmm, that's good. Let me hear another one. Hmm, that's good. Let me hear another one. Oh, that's great. Let's hear another one. No, you're hearing it to see what do I do with this? How does this change my life? What do I stop doing? What do I start doing? What do I increase? What do I change? And unless you're a doer, you can go to church all your life and be defeated. You can quote scriptures. You can have closets full of tapes and books. And unless you're a doer, it will not profit you. You'll be defeated. You'll have the same problems 20 years later as you did 20 years before. The word only works for the doer. The person who puts it into practice. So say it one more time. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Of the Word of God. God. Well, we're going to be a doer of this today. In Psalm 34. Are you there? 
This is a wonderful passage of scripture, isn't it? This Psalm 34. Psalm 34, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. You read it out loud with me if you want to. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now let's stop right there. In my what? That means you don't just say, well, I'm praising the Lord quietly inside. Huh? No what? In my mouth. It's not okay if you go on and on and on and nobody ever hears you say praise the Lord. That's not okay. You might say, well, no, brother, I'm just the way I am. I'm just reserved. Well, it's not okay. It's okay to obey the Bible. You might say, well, you believe what you want to and I'll believe what I want to. No, you don't have a right to believe what you want to. I don't have a right to believe what I want to. If Jesus is our Lord, we must believe what he said. Do what he said. Right? And besides that, you'll get free. I said, you'll get free. You'll get free. Yeah, your children ought to hear you praising the Lord. Your spouse ought to hear you praising the Lord. You don't have to uh, make a spectacle of yourself on the job, but, you know, you hear people cuss on the job. Huh? Somebody drop a tool on their foot and say stuff that they ought not say. What's wrong with you saying praise the Lord? Did you hear me now? No, no. His praise shall continually, what? Be in my mouth. Everybody said out loud. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Well, if it's in your mouth, other people can hear it. Right? He went on to say, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us. Exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. That's our master text. We began last week on a series we're calling Free from Fear. We're talking about free from all fear. Is that what this said right here? I sought the Lord. What happened? He heard me. Then what happened? He delivered me from what? Almost. He delivered me from the worst parts of my fears. He del- I think I'm probably 75% fear free. Is that okay? Don't stop until you've been delivered from all your fears. If you're delivered from all your fears, how much fear would you have? What would you be afraid of or afraid to do or afraid to be? You wouldn't be afraid of anything, right? Or anybody delivered me from all my fears. How many believe that's a good way to live? Completely free from all fear. Well, last week we began by studying the source of fear, where fear began. Where you see the beginnings of fear. And we went back to the book of Genesis. And we saw that God created the heavens and the earth. And he created his man. And we have no indication of fear of any kind. In fact, the Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah and in uh, Revelation. That when everything is restored. That the animals won't be afraid of each other. And they won't be afraid of us. And we won't be afraid of them. And there will be no sorrow. And no crying 
and no curse and no dying. Now that's the way it was before the fall of man. We have no indication, no reason to believe and every reason to believe otherwise that there was no fear in Adam and Eve of God or creation or each other or the devil. No fear of anything until they did what God told them not to do. They disobeyed him. They ate of the forbidden tree and they sinned. And the very next thing we read is the the Lord came to fellowship with them. And when they heard the sound of the Lord, they went and hid themselves. And the Lord said, where are you? And Adam said, I was afraid. I was afraid. And I hid myself. Well, why? I mean, this has never happened before. They've always fellowshiped. God took Adam and said, here's an animal with a tall neck. What do you call him? Here's an animal with stripes. And and they fellowshiped. So why is he afraid of God now? What happened that fear came in? Sin. But not just sin. Now, this is so vital. We're going to go over this again and again because it is so foundational and so important to get. The Bible said in Romans that by one man, sin entered into the world. And then, by that sin, death came. They were afraid because of death. And death was there because of sin. If there had never been any sin, there would have never been any death. I think sometimes we haven't realized that because from the time we've been born, we've lived in a world filled with death. But when everything's restored, do you understand? When everything's restored, and it's not going to be that long, soon and very soon, the flowers will not die. Trees won't die. Animals won't die. You won't die. You won't age. No more wrinkles. All of this is because of sin. If there had never been any Sin, there would have never been any death. And if there had never been any death, there would have never been any fear. Fear is directly connected to death. Now go with me please, if you would, to the book of Hebrews. And let's just let you see this in the word for yourself. Continue holding your place in John. Book of Hebrews. And the second chapter, we looked at the source of fear, and we saw that the source of fear was when death came by sin. Hebrews 2 and 15, well, let's read 14, Hebrews 2, 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, talking about Jesus, himself likewise took part of the same. That through death, that's why he had to die, through death he might destroy him that had, had, boy I like that word, had the power of death that is the devil. Who? Was the Lord of death. Did you know that death is not of God? 
Now you hear all kind of Christians talking about the Lord took this one in death. And the Lord did this one with death. And the Lord saw fit. Did you know the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 that death is the enemy of God? It's the last enemy that will be put underfoot. Death is not of God. It's the enemy of God. That's why our bodies rebel against it. I mean, your body was not made to die. That's why I've seen people before, they said, would you pray with me that I could go on home to be with the Lord? And I couldn't pray with them like that. But something happened, they started to die. And you know what they did? They started fighting. Well, I thought you wanted to die. (laughs) Well, see, your body, you know, it's all fine in theory. But when you start to die, your body doesn't want to die. It wasn't made to die. And thank God one of these days it's going to be changed and become incorruptible and immortal. Means it's not subject to death anymore. Hallelujah. Those who are born again whose names in the Lamb's book of life, they are not subject to the second death. You know, once your body dies, the mortal body here now, you cannot die anymore, anyway, forever. Glory to God. I don't know if we understand how we ought to shout about that. I'm telling you, never again. Now, if the Lord comes beforehand, we won't even die one time. If he comes beforehand, we'll be just changed in a moment, twinkling of an eye. But either way, we can stand and mock death in the grave. Like 1 Corinthians 15 said, ah, death, where's your sting? Grave, ha, where's your victory? Every funeral we have, we ought to look at it that way. We ought not grieve like those that have no hope. Now that doesn't mean you're not going to shed some tears and you realize you're not going to be able to see somebody for a little while. But if they're saved, it's just all very temporary. You're going to see them again. But we ought not sit there and sob and grieve like people who have no hope. We ought to say, look, this is temporary. Grave, you have no victory. Jesus has stripped you. Death, we don't fear you. Jesus has defeated you. But that's what this is about. This is about death. And the foundation of fear is death. And the way death got here is sin. Look in Hebrews 2, please. He said as much as we are partakers of flesh and blood, Jesus became partaker of flesh and blood, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Did he do it? Did he do it? Yes, he did. And... What? And what? That sounds familiar, doesn't it? I sought the Lord. And he heard me. And what? He delivered me from all my fears. He said, and deliver them who through what? Fear. Fear of what? Fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, this is one of the most significant verses we'll look at on the subject of fear. It tells us how it happened. It tells us that it is now changed and why it's changed. Jesus partook of flesh and blood. He died. And through death. See, you know, the Bible says that had the princes of this world, had they known what was going on, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They played right into God's hands. 
They thought, man, they are doing it. They are killing the Son of God. They thought, oh, man, there must have been shouting in hell. They thought they had done it. They did it all right. (laughs) They sealed their own doom. Jesus, through dying as a man and paying the penalty and paying the price, the Bible said in the book of Hebrews, quoting, you know, from the Old Testament, that God the Father stood up. And he said, this day I've begotten you. You're my son. And Jesus was the first one to ever be born again in the heart of the earth. And he said he had the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Well, the devil used to have that. But not anymore. I said, not anymore. Jesus stripped him. And what the Bible say? He destroyed him that had the power of death. Now, what is fear rooted in? Death. The foundation of fear is death. Well, what if the one who had the power of death has been destroyed? And death has lost its sting and its grip and its ability. Then what about fear? He said, and deliver them who through fear of death. Everybody say fear of death. Say it again. Fear of death. Say it again. Fear of death. Through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Fear of death makes you subject to bondage. And oh, there's so many forms of this. Now the most obvious is fear of physical death. But he didn't say physical death. He just said fear of death. It covers that, but it's a lot more than that. It's a lot bigger than that. There are people that are afraid to drive in a car. There are people that are afraid to go to a big city. There are people that are afraid to get in a a crowd. There's a list of phobias that stretch around the globe. Fear of cats. Fear of dogs. I mean it goes on and on. Fear of dark places. Fear of too much light. Fear of tight places. Fear of too much space. There are people who go into full-blown panic in certain situations. Why? Why? Fear of dying. Did you hear me? Now, a lot of times people don't want to admit it. This, well, no, no, that's not. It is it. It's fear of dying in some degree. Now, death is separation. Not just separation of the spirit from the body, but people are afraid that they might be separated from something that they love. Are separated from something that they desire or highly value. That's also fear of death. Even though it's not physical death. Oh, but friend, if you've been delivered completely from the fear of death, then all these phobias have no hook on you. Nothing to attach to. Are you listening? I know I used to teach in the healing school at uh, Brother Hagin's ministry. And uh, I came in one day, sometimes in the beginning of the week... The morning sessions weren't open to the general public. So the only people that were there were people who've got serious physical problems themselves in their body. And a lot of them have been given up by medical science that there's no hope. You have to die. 
Some of them, they said, you should have been dead a week ago. And sometimes when you'd walk in there on a Monday morning, you could just feel fear and death in the place. Some people looking at you in desperation, you know, they've tried everything. They've exhausted all their resources. They've spent their money. They've done every operation. They've taken every medicine. And there is no hope. There is no help. And people looking at you in desperation, can you do something? Please, can you help me? And the fear is there. Fear of what? Fear of death. Fear of death does what? Makes you subject to bondage. It's bondage. It's sad that people are shut up in their house. Can't even get out. Afraid this might happen. Afraid that might happen. They're in bondage. It's like they're in jail. In their own house. In their own marriage. In their own life. In their own business, in their own ministry. This thing is so big. Preachers are this way. I've had ministers tell me they're just, they're bent up. They're tied up. I've spent large amounts of time talking to folk and praying with folk and ministering with folk. They're afraid to preach what they want to preach in their own church. If I preach that, half the crowd's liable to leave. Well, if I teach that, my biggest financial supporters are liable to go. What are they afraid of? It's death, but not just physical death. Death means separation and loss. They're afraid they're going to lose something. And that fear makes you subject to bondage. They're a prisoner in their own church. I'm glad to report to you that is not the case here today. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. No. I'm not going to stand before anybody here at the judgment seat of Christ. I'm not going to give an account to any of you guys. Right? But to the Lord. I, you know, I want to be your friend. I want you to be my friend. I, I suit me good if you like me. But I'm not going to turn into a politician. Did you hear me? And I'm not going to let what I feel or what I see or hear dictate what we do here in teaching and preaching because I must stand before him and I must give an account before him. Right? Well, you must also for your areas of life. So you best not be governing your life by the fear of man. Right? You best not. Life is too short. It'll be soon and very soon that you and I are standing before the Lord giving an account. Of what we've done in our body in this life. If you're living your life by fear. You're not being led by the spirit. The enemy is leading you. And guiding you. And directing you. If you're led by fear. You're led by the devil. Did you hear me now? And it's bondage. I said it's bondage. It's freedom. When you are free from all fear. And you can go anywhere. Do anything. With anybody. Hallelujah. Just do whatever the Lord directs you to do. And not be afraid. Let him figure it out. Right? I said let him figure it out. Fear of death. Death is where uh, fear gets its strength. Fear is the foundation of fear and the root of fear. Death. He said that Jesus through death destroyed him that had the power of death. That he might what? So he could deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject 
to bondage. Did he do it? Have you been delivered? Huh? Have you been delivered? Have you been delivered from the fear of death? Then no more bondage. No more bondage. No more bondage. We could just shout right here and be happy. Glory to God. You're holding a place, aren't you? Where is it? We'll go there then. John 14. Oh, thank you, Lord. The Lord's helping us. I'm telling you, we are getting free from every phobia. Now, fear is like faith in some ways. In some ways, it's completely the opposite. But there, just like there are different degrees of faith, there are different degrees of fear. I mean, you can be partially persuaded or you can be fully persuaded. Right? Jesus talked about people that had little faith and then people that had great faith. There are different degrees. Same thing is true with fear. There's fear of something. But then you got to, a lot of people don't recognize dread is a measure of fear. Dread. It can be a light thing. You just dread going there. You just dread doing it. That ought to have no place in your life. Man, you ought to treat that like the very work of the enemy that it is. Do not allow yourself to go on day after day and week after week with any degree of dread. All the way from a little light, slight dread, all the way to full-blown panic and terror. All of it in between is fear. And the Christian has no right with it. The child of God that's been delivered ought not have any panic or terror or fear or dread. Now, I know as I'm saying this, all of you have experienced some of this. And so have I. But that don't change the Bible. Right? Don't you be concerned about it. Fear not. Don't fear. Fear not. Because we're going to get into how it works. And how we wish beginning in it today. How to get that out of you. You might say, well, Brother Keith, I, I agree with you. I see that. And I, I know I'm not supposed to have that dread in me, but what do I do? Well, you're at the right place. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> John 14. John 14. Are you with us so far? Do you believe That Jesus destroyed him that had the power of death. Do you believe we've been delivered from the fear of death? Yes. Yes. And therefore should be bondage free. In John chapter 14 and verse 27. John 14, 27. What does it say? Jesus said what? Peace. Does that sound like fear? No. No. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Did he give it to us? Did you receive it? Then it's your peace now. Right? Not as the world giveth, give I to you. How many know you can't find this peace 
in the world. There's no, no secular book or writing, no therapist, no drug. You can't find it in a bottle. You can't find it in a syringe. You can't snort it. You can't swallow it. But Jesus already gave it to you. His peace. How many believe Jesus lived in dread? Can you picture him having a panic attack? Huh? No. He was completely fearless. Right? He faced demons with no fear. He faced men with no fear. He faced storms, disease. Didn't make any difference what it was. He'd look right square at it and say, shut up and leave. Peace be still. Right? No fear. No fear. He walked in the peace that passes understanding. Now down here, he said, in the world, you're going to have some tribulation, didn't he? He said, but what? Be of good cheer. Be of good comfort. I have overcome the world. How did he do it? He had this amazing peace of God. And as he's leaving, he said, I'm going to leave something with you that has really helped me out while I was here on the planet. It's my peace. My peace. Can you walk in peace as Jesus did? You have the peace he walked in. It's been given to you. You have it. Now keep reading though. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Read that last sentence out loud with me, friends. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Who's the understood subject of this sentence? You. You are to what? You are not to let your heart be troubled. You are not to let your heart be afraid. Who is not to let it be afraid? You are not to let your heart be troubled. Friend, in this verse we see two huge things that will help you to get completely free. One, we have been given peace. His peace. We can walk in that instead of the fear. Also, you must come to believe that nobody or nothing can make you fear. Nothing or nobody can make you fear just like nothing or no one can make you believe. It's up to you what you yield to. Everybody in here has experienced fear. But you got to understand, every time you were afraid, whether you dreaded or whether it was full-blown panic, you feared because you let it in. And I. We gave place to it. We yielded to it. And here's the thing. We didn't have to. I said we didn't have to. There was never one time where we became afraid or dreaded or panicked that we had to let the fear in. We did it either through ignorance or just a decision. A lot of times people do it and don't even realize they're doing it. They've done it so much and so long and they haven't even been taught these things. 
Just like nobody can make you have faith, nobody can make you fear. It's up to you and me what we choose to yield to. It has to be this way because the Lord commanded us. Do you read the language here? This is strong. Now, if a lot of people would have been writing this, they wouldn't have wrote it the way Jesus said it. They'd have said, y'all try not to be afraid. (laughs) I know you're just human. And I know everybody fails. But y'all try. (laughs) Now, I know you're looking at me going, that's not what it said. I know it's not what it said. Then why do most people believe that? And they'll tell you, well, I, I tried, Brother Keith, and I pray I did the best I knew how, but it just overwhelmed me. And next thing I knew, I was just panicking. No, uh-uh, no, no, no. Whether it's me or you, how many understand? Yea, let God be true, and every man a liar. He's right. Right? How many understand there is no suggestion in this? There's nothing about trying. What did the master, how many respect Jesus now? What did Jesus tell us? Let not. What does that mean? Don't you. Don't let your heart be afraid. Can you do that? I said, can you do that? If you couldn't do it, he wouldn't have told you. He would have known whether you could do it. Or if it's just part of the time you could do it, he would have known. He would have said, when my anointing is strong on you and you're able. (laughs) He'd have said something. If it had been a qualifier, he'd have put it in there. He knows. He's right. He said, what? Read it again. Read it out loud. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That means if fear got in you, it's because you let it get in you or me. Right? If your heart became afraid, it's because you let it become afraid Oh, friend, when you get a hold of this, it will set you free, I'm telling you. We are not helpless victims. We are not helpless victims and pawns of our emotions and of our feelings. The Lord taught me this as a teenager. I'm so glad. That ain't the last time I had to deal with it. But he taught me this. I was experiencing some fears. One thing might be silly to somebody that they were afraid of, but it depends on who you are and where you are. Right? Don't make fun of somebody because of their dealing with the fear because, you know, you've had fears that you've yielded to also. It's like sin. We've all missed it. But you don't have to. And I was dealing with some fears in my early teens about some things. And, you know, if you begin to think on these things... And yield to them, they just get worse. The more you think about the problem and what could happen and what might happen and the thing that you want that might not happen, what you're doing, you're yielding to the fear. You're letting it stay on your mind. You begin to talk about it. You're yielding to the feelings. And man, I begin to have feelings. Just fear. I mean, tangible fear. I didn't know much scripture. But I'm so glad that in Sunday school one day. Somebody taught us kids, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. 
It's amazing how millions of Christians quote that and it just goes right past them. They're going, well, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Y'all pray for me. I'm going through a bad... No, read the rest of the verse. (laughs) Even though, even though I feel the breath of death on the back of my neck, even though I'm in the shadows and darkness and I don't see and I don't know what's going on, I will fear nothing. Why? God's with me. God is with me. I'll fear nothing. Glory. This is one of the huge reasons Jesus came, friend. To deliver us from the bondage of the fear of death. And deliver us from death itself. And he has. I said he has. There's nothing in death for us to fear. I know a minister one time he was in a place... And there was a lot of uh, rebel activity going on. And uh, a fella came, stuck an automatic weapon up in his forehead and told him, you know, he said, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to blow your head off. And he said, so? <laughs> I mean, this guy's pressing the barrel up against his head. And he said, uh, before you do, I know what's happening to me. Do you know what's happening to you? He said, send me to heaven. I've been wanting to go. Are you listening? Somebody said, that's stupid. No, that is exactly how every person in this place ought to be. I know what happens to me when I die. It's only the body. I slip right out. Body falls in a pile on the ground. You step out of your body. You go, wow. Look at that. Glory, the new angel is standing there. He goes, hey. You go, hi. He says, you ready? He said, you want to take the scenic route? I'll take you by the Milky Way. There's some neat stuff you ought to see. You go, yeah. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. The revelation of truth makes you free. When we realize what Jesus has done for us, we have no fear of death, no fear of dying in a car crash, no fear of drowning, no fear of being smothered, no fear of eating the wrong thing and dying, no fear of death at all. None. 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 Hallelujah. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Can you do that? Go to Matthew 24. It'd be good if I could get to the introduction here. (laughs) Y'all planning on being back next week, though? I'm telling you, we're going to camp on this until fear is all gone. And we're all walking in the fullness of this. Matthew 24. Now, Matthew 24... There's songs been written about this chapter, about all the signs of the end times. And a lot of them are mournful. Mournful. Matthew 24. He talks about verse uh, 3, Matthew 24. They asked him, tell us what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the world. And Jesus talked about it. He said, many will come 
Verse 4, he said, take heed that no man deceive you. Verse 5, many will come in my name saying I am Christ and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Do we hear it? Do we see it? And he goes on to talk about earthquakes in different places. And all people stop right there and they go, yeah, man, the end is on us. Whoa, whoa, whoa is us. And you hear people preaching and prophesying, and you hear that tone in their voice. Oh, repent, because the end is here. The end is here. What are they saying without saying it? Be afraid. Be afraid. It's terrible that fear is preached from the pulpits across the world. It's preached. It's proclaimed. People are told, you better fear. Be afraid. Look at all this stuff coming to pass. Look at it. The wars and the rumors of wars and the earthquakes. People are dying and going to hell. People are perishing. What are they saying? What are they telling us our response should be? We should go. That's what they're wanting us to do. They're wanting us to all go. Oh, you're right. Let's all pray and beg God to have mercy on us. Pray in fear? Plead in fear? Beg in fear? Is that what he told us to do? Is that why he told us these things? Read the rest of the verse. What did he say? You're going to hear about wars. You're going to hear about rumors of wars. What's the very next part? Verse 6. Verse 6. What did he say? Oh, friend, get it now. What did he say? See. See that you are not troubled. All these things must come to pass. The end is not yet. See. Man, that's about as strong as you could say it, isn't it? What if the Lord was here in person in the flesh this morning? You heard some bad stuff on the news. Terror attacks. This and that. And you thought, Lord, look at that. And he looked at you and said, see that you are not troubled. (laughs) What would you do? Would you look at him and go, Lord, I'm trying to. I don't know. I'm doing the best I can. But my Lord, don't you see? They just blew that thing up. I mean, when the Lord looks at you and he says, see that you are not troubled. That means I can do it. He wouldn't tell me to do something I can't do. It's not about feelings. You know, I started telling you a few minutes ago about in my early teens that I was dealing with some fears. Children are going through a lot of stuff a lot of times and their parents don't even see it and know it. And I thank God though that I had gotten the word. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's all I had. That's all I knew. But how many believe there's enough anointing in one verse of scripture to just blow the fear out of it? I just begin to say, I will fear no evil. I will fear no. And didn't realize it, but the Lord was teaching me faith. I felt afraid. I mean, there are times a hair stand up on the back of my neck. Goosebumps. You're tempted to shake. And here's where people miss it. They don't know how to walk by faith. They think, well, brother, I'm trying not to be afraid, but I can't help it. No, those are symptoms of fear. You don't have to yield to it. You don't have to give in to it. What should you do? Is it of the devil? What should you do if it's of the devil? 
Resist it and what will happen? It will flee from you. You should begin to say, no, I don't care. I know I feel like this, but I refuse to fear. The devil will say, too late, you're already afraid. I mean, look at you shaking and look at you say, no, no, shut up. I refuse to give place to this. I resist this in Jesus' name. That's when the battle is won. Oh, you'll feel. You'll have feelings. Thoughts, sometimes they can be powerful and feeling almost overwhelming. But they're not. They're not bigger than God. They're not bigger than the greater one who's inside you. But you must resist it. Everybody say resist it. You must resist it. Jesus said, see to it that you're not troubled. Don't let your heart be afraid. Don't let yourself fear. Don't let it. What does that mean? Meet it at the door and say, no, you don't. No, you don't. You don't come in here. Fear, you cannot stay in my mind. You cannot stay in my life. I resist you. Yeah, but you feel. Forget feelings. Resist it. And as a teenager, I began to do that, and I noticed that feeling of fear, that feeling of near panic. I mean, it was amazing how quickly it was replaced with the peace of God. When the peace comes in, fear goes out. But it's not up to God. It's up to you and me. Which one we yield to. You can yield to fear, or you can yield to faith. You can yield to panic or you can yield to peace. It's our choice. Say it out loud again. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be afraid. See that you're not troubled. Now tell me who told us that. Are these the words of the master himself? Are we to take them and respect them and say, okay. Then I refuse to fear. Right? No matter how I feel, no matter what's going on, I will not give place to it. I resist it. I resist it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Go to uh, Ephesians 4 and I'll wind it up. Oh, thank you, Master. Ephesians chapter 4. We've referred to this, but let's look at it again. Ephesians 4 and verse 26, 426. He said, be ye angry and what? Can you get angry without sinning? Yes, Yes, you can. How would you get angry and not sin? You get mad. And there ain't no such thing as somebody that just couldn't help it. They just got so mad, they just lost control and beat somebody up before they knew it and just couldn't help it. There is no such thing. No. This proves it, doesn't it? Is it possible to be angry, even to be really angry, and yet not miss it? How could you do that? Because you don't yield to those feelings. we got to understand. You're going to have all kind of feelings. And all kind of thoughts. And all kind of pulls on you. And you got to know what to yield to. And what to resist. And you got to believe and be strong in yourself. And in the Lord in you. And the power of his might. And no matter what, how, how much you've pulled on something. Say you've dealt with a habit. And every pore of your being is crying out for that drug. 
Do you have to yield to it? No, No, you don't. Now, you've been better off if you hadn't yielded to start with. Right? Because the more you yield, the harder it is to deal with. That's why smart people just don't even get started. Right? I mean, if you don't yield to looking at pornography, you don't even have to deal with those thoughts. Right? If you don't yield to temper and yield to all that kind of stuff, you don't have to. You can yield to something so much that you just almost yield without thinking. You've trained yourself to do that. But it is possible to be angry. In fact, it's possible to be very, very angry. And people don't even know it. Why? Because you're not weak. You're in control of yourself. Amen. 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 And you just smile and go, you know, I don't want to talk about that right now. (laughs) I'm going to go away. And we'll deal with this another time. (laughs) Because you are really angry. But do you have to sin and pitch a fit and act a fool and hit somebody? No, you don't. That's being weak. Isn't it? And we don't have to be weak. We can be strong in the Lord. Strong means in control of your feelings and your emotions. Look at the very next thing. Be angry. Sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. And neither what? Neither give place to the devil. See, the same principle, isn't it? In every other area of life. One translation says, leave no room. Our foothold for the devil give no opportunity to him. I know uh, I'll talk about this perhaps some more later. But in my own life, in recent years, I've had to deal with things, feelings and fears. Everybody that's human does. I know in flying, I went from a little single engine piston to a big twin engine jet like that. No steps in between. And I went to one of the best schools in the world to train on it with no experience in turbine aircraft. And they threw me right in the middle of people that had thousands and thousands of hours. And they put you in there. And it ain't just flying from point A to point B. Engines catch on fire. Electrical panels blow. I, you, I, your wings ice up. Man, I'm telling you, it pushed me to my max and beyond. I was using everything I knew. And there were times I'd be driving there. I mean, it lasted for almost a month. And there were times that I'd be driving to the, you know, I've been up all day and up all night, studying all night and in the sim all day and in class all day and trying to keep up. And there's so many times you just want to throw up your hands and go, I can't do this, okay? Just quit. But you can't do that. Not if you're going to make it. You just got to say, "Uh uh-uh, no, greater is he that's in me. Than he that's in the world. Well what if this happens. What if that happens. Feelings of fear. You say uh uh. No. 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 You felt it. It was there. But you got to make a decision. Am I yielding to this. And throwing in the towel and going home. Or am I going to resist it. And believe what I preach. Are you with me now. I don't care what area it is. Everybody's got an area. Where you are. You feel inadequate. You're afraid of the unknown. Whatever it is. But the feelings of fear or the feelings of panic come and that's when you got to make your stand and decision say, no, absolutely not. I will not yield to this. I'll give no place to this. The Lord Jesus himself, my master, commanded me to not let my heart be afraid and I refuse to let it fear. No, you don't. No, you don't. And you begin to say, 
Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And just keep getting up and answering the bell. Did you hear me? I kept getting up. I kept getting up. I kept getting up. And friend, eventually I came home and I had that ticket. And I had done the job. And the more you did it, you know, all these things begin to fall away. And you think, well, this ain't so bad. Look at this. I mean, I'm doing it. Here we are. What if you'd given up? What if you quit? Then you couldn't do some things that you're doing today. How many people fear has held them out of God's ultimate for them and God's best? And see, it's the plan of the devil, isn't it? He wants to keep you in bondage through fear of death so that you don't achieve what God has called you, so that you're left out of blessings, cut off of things that you shouldn't be doing. No, you stand up and you say, go ahead, do it right now. Stand up right now. And you said out loud, I will give no place to the devil. He has nothing in me. Fear has no place in me. I refuse to fear. I will not yield to it. I'll not give place to it. By the words of the Master, I will not let my heart be afraid. I will not let my heart be troubled. No matter what I see. What I hear, what thoughts come to me, what feelings come to me, I will not let them in. I will give fear no place, but I will resist it, and it will flee from me. I will yield to the peace of God, and the peace of God that passes understanding. Will keep my heart and keep my mind in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.